Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay. And Brad. Wait. Wait. I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an All act. Right. All right. Jay, we took a week off. Man, we did. But guess how good we sound right now. We sound amazing. Why do we sound amazing? Because we have some new microphones. I hope everyone in here doesn't have to cringe anymore. I've, we've heard from so <laughs> many people that I've had to turn it up during this portion and then turn it down before my speakers blow. We're sorry. The, the reality, though, is uh, the share is on a different device. We yes. record your share on a different device. So when we get to your share, it'll sound a little bit different. So you know that we're just, a, like we've said, we're just a couple of regular Joes in here just uh, doing what we can to help others spread the recovery. And so when I record the share, it's just from my phone. So if it sounds a little different, hopefully you don't have to turn it up too loud. But I think it was mainly this portion, right? When we do uh, yeah. the news and ask yep. the attic, we were using a mic that clips on your pelt. Anyways, nonsense. You want to give us a surf report, Jay? Yes, I will. In fact, I can't actually pull up the five-day rec- I don't know what's going on with my forecast, but... Oh, there you go. Um... <clears throat> but the surf is, is, is killer right now. So um, I think it's about three to five today. I surfed yesterday morning and it was all time, man. Went to Trestles and scored some amazing rights on my little Simmons 5-2 thing. Beautiful. Quad. But anyway, surf is it's great, It's going to be good this week. Southern California, you live here right now or anywhere in California, you're getting the northwest, southwest blend swell and the winds are perfect. They're offshore. Get out there. Get some waves. We got, got a lot of positive feedback on Jeff's. Uh, totally. Last social uh, media people are yeah. hitting us up on messages and stuff. So that was really neat. Um, got any news? Um, yes, I actually do have some what? news. Believe it or not, I posted. Uh, oh, I actually shared it with uh, Brad so he would remind me because, <laughs> as you know, I do listen to news, but I choose to get my news the modern way through podcasts, which is literally three hours of so much information that I've like. It's so good when I'm listening, but afterwards I don't, that's just too much. So I don't traditionally pick up magazines and read or watch TV, but uh, news wise, but this one did hit me from, uh, should I quote the source? Inertia Inertia. Health. Inertia Health. It said, it was a post that they did actually on Instagram because I'm a social media fiend, but um, it said caffeine is awesome. Well, coffee is awesome. Caffeine is kind of a bummer. Actually, because it is so dang addictive. This is not on a Mormon website. Nope. So Inertia started as a surfing website. Yeah. They've gone into Inertia Mountain and Inertia Health. Yeah. So. And then so they get into it and they said, and it, they said I'll just read it because it's really small, but yeah. it says, um, it's so chemically addictive, in fact, it changes the chemical makeup of our brain. That hit me hard when I read that because I've only gone – uh, maybe 30 days without caffeine in the sense of like I didn't get it because I take Excedrin for headaches. So like outside sources other than that caffeine in there, which is still actually a substance. That's a lot of caffeine and Excedrin. But I know that uh, yeah, I can only imagine what it would be like getting off. But it says it actually blocks the hormone in your, what does that say? In, in, your, oh, in your hormone in your noggin called uh adenosin adenosin or something which makes up which makes us feel tired so obviously that's why it wires you up but it says 80 percent of americans use caffeine to get by 80 percent every single day 
but coming off it can make you feel nauseated with the flu-like symptoms, give us headaches, and sometimes even give us the shakes uh, if we don't get our fix. So sounds more like crack or coke, right? Question mark. What's and then it, anyways, and then they have like a link to their website where you can go into it more. But I mean, uh, caffeine is definitely something that I struggle with at times. I, I, I've learned that I like don't want to go over a certain amount of milligrams. I, when I used to be really addicted to pre-workout before my workout, it has a bunch of other supplements in there, B vitamins and things like that. And niacin, niacin or whatever it's called. But one of the ones I got up to just a year ago, Brad, if you remember, I told you you had like 250 milligrams yeah, per half a scoop and you were supposed to take a full scoop if you were a man. That's what, literally what it said. That means in the morning, at six in the morning, I'm getting 500. Oh, wow. what, does a, what does a cup of coffee have? Oh, 60, maybe 60. That's days. it? Yeah. Okay. So do you remember uh, what's the date in 2012 when the church was getting interviewed on NBC and it... Uh, uh, the LDS newsroom published a story for NBC's Rock Center where it said that the word of wisdom does not go beyond coffee and tea. And it was kind of like groundbreaking, like, wait, what? Caffeine's against, not against word of wisdom? No, wait, and the on. church has never said that, that as official church policy. I was actually just talking to someone at Sushi the other day, one of my good friends who's actually been on the podcast, and we were having this debate on what's really in the word of wisdom and what's not. Well, the word of wisdom simply says hot drinks, and those were clarified to be coffee and tea. Okay. And but so, not all tea, though, right? Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't specify it. So you have a lot of opinions um, by people, but as far as official uh, church, so I'll read this from a uh, newspaper. But it says the two-volume handbook, which stake presidents, bishops, and leaders use to guide their congregations. It plainly says the only official interpretation of hot drinks in the Word of Wisdom is the statement made by church leaders in the term "hot drinks" to mean coffee and tea. So does that mean church leaders view caffeine drinks as healthy? Obviously, they don't. It's clearly not healthy. I was going to say, because a lot of times some of us get, yeah. like, for and, our time. And I've always joked that the the not, the not person without a, uh, uh, what's it called when you're, uh, shoot, um, when people are overweight, they blame yeah. it on their, they've oh, got they a thyroid problem. Thyroid problem, yeah. So if you don't have a thyroid problem, but you are 300 or 400 pounds, you probably are eating too much. Yeah. And But some of those people are like, wait, you're drinking a Coke? Like, which, you know, come on. I have people that, uh, and this may offend someone, this is not meant to offend you if you're overweight, but what we're saying is I've had people, I think that's what you're saying, I've had people that were really overweight from eating very unhealthy, definitely addicted to sugar, definitely addicted to uh, sugary drinks and sodas and things like that and caffeinated drinks and bad food for their body mm -hmm. judge me for a lot of other addictions you know yeah. it's like whoa let's make sure we're not casting the first stone yeah so word of wisdom specifically in the handbook specifies coffee and tea and interesting because it says about the conspiring men if you think about big business right Bi not um business is uh where can we hook people where can we get people addicted because we'll make a lot of money on that yeah and clearly there's coffee well, shop coffee, in every corner. Yeah, yeah. There's a, uh, that was part of my store. pitch when I used to sell alarms door to door. I would say, you know, it was like 30 bucks or 40 bucks a month. The alarm systems I was selling when I was in between semesters, I'd say, well, how much does your coffee cost? You're spending 10 bucks a latte a day, right? So 10, time, 10 times 30, you're spending 300 bucks. So you're, you, all you got to do is give up a couple days of coffee to pay for your alarm system. Boom. Yeah, that, that's used a lot, actually. Yeah, that was the easiest sell ever. When you put it that way, they're like, oh, okay, maybe 30 bucks isn't so much. But modern science definitely says caffeine, not good for you. 
in certain quantities, right? It, well, yeah, yeah, and it doesn't uh, in certain quantities. Yeah. Certain quantities. There, there, there's a lot of studies, and out you there can that. abuse it, right? That's for sure. I know. That's I, a for I sure definitely thing. Definitely abuse it. I got just so you're listening. I got off all the pre-workouts. I don't take any pre-workout before I work out anymore. Done that for a year, and I work out even better. I may not that's, get that buzz though. See, I was actually yeah. really more addicted to that caffeine, but I mean, 250 milligrams of caffeine. Yeah, that's a lot. Plus all the other chemicals in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, anything can be abused. Right? But I felt can, sick for sure when I got off it. So like they were reading there oh. when I stopped the pre-workout, I almost didn't. I didn't work out for like three weeks. You just I had no crashed, energy, bro. literally crashed. Yeah, crashed for like three weeks. Did you read the? Uh, we posted on our Facebook page, which is the next. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash 12 steps to change about parrots getting high on drugs and they're just, they're eating in the poppy fields and then these parrots are just dropping dead. What? And they're trying to get rid of. No way, uh, they're eating the flowers and stuff? Yeah, they're drug addicted parrots and they can't get them out of the poppy fields. And there's in, a, there's actually a video that we'll post up on the Daily Mirror, but it shows in the Middle East, retreating right? the high branches where they gorge on the plants and then they fall for sleep for hours and then they fall to their death. They basically OD. Holy crap. These parrots. We're so messed up as humans. Well, those are birds. Those aren't I humans. I know, but, that, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> like, if we didn't have those crops there, they wouldn't be dying. That's true. Those crops would not be growing in mass quantities like that. I don't know this. Everything. Poppy seed muffin. Is that the same poppy? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's derived of the same it thing. It tastes delicious. I love a lemon poppy There's seed no, muffin. You're not going to get high from it, of course, but it can uh, make you feel what, a drug. But is it a, a certain quantity. Is it just the flavor that they're going for with the poppy? Hmm? Why the poppy seed? Is it just because that does that seed have flavor? Yeah, but it's completely different. Poppy flower mixed with other chemicals is it the f- and then and then cooked up in certain ways is is the high. Okay. So the eating a seed has almost nothing to do. But is it but like is it like strength. drinking like hemp seeds or whatever? Well, to a degree, yeah, it's kind of like that. Where, yeah, but because, but cause because I think a lot of hemp stuff is like, hey, this is cool. This is like it's hemp. Yeah. And some people eat it because it's like quasi. Yeah, like if me and you went to Whole Foods right now and got hemp granola, you're not gonna get high at all. Right. But it is a. But part of the marketing of that is like, hey, it's like. But it's actually derivative. got a lot of really good qualities for you. It just doesn't have the addictive. Like it doesn't have THC or anything to get okay. you high inside of it. All right. Well, I love poppy seed muffin. Yeah, and you can keep eating. They're good. Uh, but muffins are bad for you. So. Yeah, that, those carbs, I haven't I eaten I a muffin. Not. Just so everyone knows, I got gluten-free a year ago, and I have not eaten a muffin in over a year. If you want to be impressed, go find Bison Flesh on Instagram uh, and look at some before and after before photos. Before and afters, but you got to go back like nine months. <laughs> I got all, so much flack that I stopped posting them. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, for a while there. And you're I'll, in your bulking phase right now. No, I'm doing great. <laughs> I weighed 181 this morning. All right. I'm, I'm all right. You said up. you were bulking, though, right? I know, and then but now I'm getting down. Again. Okay. Just getting ready for a surf trip, so I got to get uh, lean. Oh, that's coming up. Bro, we're we're going to pod. Surf. We're going to bring these mics and pod in Mexico. We're going to pod in Mo- Mexico, and we're going to ask some of our non-addict friends. Should uh, we interview some of them? We should interview them on how they thought about my story and just being friends. With, I think I'm the first friend of an addict, but most of them Probably, have. probably. Like, at least, it was open about At least it. as an open, yeah. yeah. We probably we all know. All know. Yeah, yeah. Do you watch uh, The Voice? Lexi does, and I can't stand it. You can't? Well, you should start watching. I like a lot of things, but I don't Hannah like Hannah Iyer okay. is in our stake. On there? She's on there, and she's ruling. What? Uh, I haven't. We just had it on last night, and I made Lexi turn it off for two nights ago. Are you serious? She is in our stake. In fact, we do Trek in our stake, right? That's right. The first, and I went, I've been three times with the youth, and the first time I went as a big brother. So you get paired up with uh, Ma and Pa. So like a Ma and Pa. Explain what the trek is, just in case we have some non-members. You go to, in, in Southern California, there's a few different areas to go. So there's, uh, in Northern California, basically just this farm, and they recreate the Pioneer Trek with handcarts. And you, Crazy. for three days, the you, you're dressed in Pioneer garb, 
and you're pulling hand carts and you're living off the hand cart Crash and the youth are assigned a mon pa. So usually some, you know, a husband, a wife in the stake, usually like bishops and their wife or young men's president, their wife or, or leaders that, that would, that would mix well with the youth and, and be physically capable of doing it, uh, are the mon pa. And then they also assign big brothers or big sisters to go with them. And so sometimes these are return missionaries, and I don't know why I got assigned, but I was an old big brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was a big brother with the group, and Hannah Iyer's parents were my mom and pa. So I, I basically, Hannah's like my stepsister, cousin or whatever. So I feel like I've got a relative Hannah, on Hannah, you know who's coming for a check. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants a piece of I that ha- I have not watched, but she's on Adam's team. She chose really? Adam, Adam, Adam Levine. Levine. They all turned around, I think. I saw some, my wife was watching some clip of it. Okay. And she was on again last night, I believe. But, yeah, and that was the night when I turned it. Yeah, and so, you know, the, the mom and dad always get mobbed in church because like, oh, how's Hannah? So, spoiler alert, she does make it to the live. So, they all, all everything that's playing now has already been recorded. Yeah, of course, yeah. And they're just doing rehearsals, but then they go to the live show. And so, that hasn't been recorded yet. So, it'll be live. So, she made it through this whole She's part. made it to the live round. Spoiler alert. Um, I think everyone on there now, maybe not. I don't know. Yes, she makes yeah. it a live round. Spoiler alert. Okay. So she's going to be on the live stuff, the live whatever. We could have we'll have to. I might. Just like it used to. David Archuleta. No, he didn't win it, though. Yeah, but a lot of Mormons have won yes. these other things. I think there's a couple other members of the church. Yeah, Sheena Brooke is from Fort Myers Beach, Florida. And uh, Hannah's from Laguna Niguel. Boom. She's 15 years old. 15? Is yeah. she on there? I didn't know they yeah, were Yeah, the other young. LDS ladies, uh, 33. So Sweet. good for, you know, mom, old enough to be your mom. So that's that's kind of cool church news. Um, the last one is, you know, what's coming up this weekend. This hopefully we get this edited before this weekend. G- 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 general conference. That's right, baby. Ooh, yeah. Do you have any traditions you do for watching it? You got young family. Well, it's a little hard. I'm new still to the church. So I haven't really formed. My tradition was back in the day, I would go up to conference as a single. So like I went to awesome. every single conference and I bumped tickets every single Outside, session. Outside, did you? And I got in every single session. And a lot of times I sit really close. That's it awesome. It's pretty awesome as a convert to sit that close and feel the spirit. So that was my tradition. Now as a, as a family, I'm trying to figure that out, especially because now I got this diet. Lexi's tradition, my wife's family, is they make these pull apart cinnamon roll things Ooh, that are so gnarly with butter and sugar that like I'd eat them and you just literally it's like comatosis right after like you're done like I'm food coma so like it's a delicious one but because I'm like eating healthy and back in the day like I, anyways I'd eat them a lot a whole plate but now I'm like I don't so I gotta find a new smoothie tradition. maybe a smoothie I did that last year and I, I cr- of course I was judgmental towards everyone well I have a tradition that What's you can tradition? start up okay. um, well when I was young men's president I would, I on Saturday morning, have all the young men meet at my house, and we go surfing at 6 a.m., mm-hmm. sunrise at, like, Riviera's. Yeah. And not all the kids surfed. You know, they boogie board or just hang out. Yeah. And then we'd come back to my house. We'd already DVR conference on Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and then I'd make them pancakes while we okay. watch it and kind of hang out and watch conference that way. Yeah. But uh, We're a big pancake family on Saturday. Now I'm gluten-free and protein, but they're good. You could do that. I like that. Yeah, take Rusty surfing. Get some groms over there, maybe, and ah. start that tradition up. I like that. That's a good one. The So, yeah, I learned something new about conference because I used to go a couple times when I was at BYU. But I got handed tickets to give to someone in my ward from our state clerk. And I was like, whoa, hey, yeah, how do you get these tickets? Like, Because they're like printed tickets, barcode. Yeah. And I've never known, like, how do you get these tickets? So how was explained to me 
was the request, at least for our stake, how it works, is the request goes in of who wants uh, tickets, and then the priority goes to first-time attenders who's never been, maybe converts or recent converts or recent reactivated, and then the priority goes down. Like, if you've been many times, yeah, you know. Like, I don't even ask anymore, but um, so addicts in recovery probably get the front. Maybe, kidding. yeah, maybe. <laughs> At least for our stake. Every stake probably has their own no, tradition. We, we, uh, I think it was in our stake when we first moved back. Uh, we had said that me and Lexi were going up there. I think it was, yeah, we just had, I think I took Lexi. No, maybe we were already in Utah. Anyways, we had said we wanted it and like the stake, yeah, you just got to ask. A lot of people just don't ask. Yeah, I didn't know that. And I remember first going and I remember thinking, why don't all the members like try to come and be like, why wouldn't you want to be in person? Why do you want to watch the TV? But. Now that you have three kids, you understand. Yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> like, what would I do? Would I take them in there? Are you kidding me? They're not even allowed. I think you have to be 12 and older. I, it does. I think it does say. 13 or 12. 12. There was an age on there. I can't remember what it said. Yeah, there's an age, which is rightfully so. You don't want my five-year-old in there. No, that be like our sacrament. So I, uh, I really look forward to conference. I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, uh, it'll be interesting. Last conference, I specifically mean, we could talk about this. Is I, I've heard tons of people, addicts in recovery, in these meetings in ARP down here, talk about that one sister's comments about the dude who was uh, who was willing to t- the way she took it. He was willing to take his sin to the grave, to the grave, yeah, to save uh, to keep his wife from the pain, mm-hmm. like or something like that, right? His family, mm-hmm. and of course, like her story of him choosing not to do that to get clean, to get honest, how he did go through a lot of pain. She did suffer. But now they're still together in life. It's like, and basically, it just was like you don't know for sure uh, what will happen if you do come clean, but you know for sure what will happen if you don't. You're gonna be that's miserable. Good point. Yeah, that's why I always tell everyone. But anyways, I just remember that from the conference. So I'm excited to hear. I always like to hear those talks that have to do with addiction. It seems maybe it's it's more on the forefront now. I think uh, leaders throughout the stake are are talking about it more, like yeah. you and I. Yeah. And then it gets pushed up or maybe we're just more aware and paid more attention to probably just those more words. aware because I, I read the scriptures yeah. now I shared tonight like yeah Alma the younger man his he did a full inventory yeah and, and, <laughs> and like you said he went full inventory and then he went out which by the way someone just texted me from our meeting tonight and said tell Brad that I really appreciated his share on Ooh, the, the live, live update really yeah okay yeah. cool and it was just about like the fact that you know like you said he went out he did a 12 like he did his inventory like a thorough one but then he he went out and like then went and did he broke the anonymity. Stuff. Broke anonymity. That's what you said. He broke anonymity and went out and started sharing. That was and that's Alma the Younger. It's all that. Because we do the, we're doing these ward conference talks in um, our stake. Uh, Brad set up so that way we can help with the stake presidency, so we can help get awareness out, of course, and, and get more people involved in recovery. But uh, he always talks about like Alma, like you want to be a modern day, like you want to experience modern day prophet, like like chal- like stories like that. Yeah, they're right here in these rooms. So I would challenge you if you're listening, and we got listeners all over the world. I haven't, we didn't talk about that, but it just continually blows my mind. You guys are probably bored with that. Um, but y- every every meeting we, you and I go out and we talk. How many more people show up the next week? Oh, it's just, oh, it's this without a doubt full the last three weeks, which we've done for the last three weeks. Yeah, and so you can. I mean, if you're com- you feel prompted calling. to get out there, the, the, we had someone tonight. First time coming to church in 15 years. That's beautiful. I and then came yeah. to the meeting second week in a row. Yeah. Got seven days, first time. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to Powerful. your share, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk about step seven. All right. Sweet. So we're on step seven. So 
he's he's on top of things. So grateful to to have you guys here tonight. I'm grateful to be here. Uh, humility is a is a virtue that is not easily obtained for me, and it's something that even once I attain it in those bright little moments, gosh, does it just go right out my hands so quickly? And I don't think that it leaves like it's like alive and it just takes off. I think I throw it. Uh, you know, if you could look at it as a word. I think I, uh, when I first got sober, <clears throat> humility was not even that. There wasn't even I, I, I had lost the ability to even fake being humble, if that makes sense. Like when my wife left me and I came to my first meeting, um, Mike is the only one in the room that was there um, to those first few meetings. And um, I remember sitting there and I my my whole body language just reeked of pride and ego and anger and self-pity and self will and it wasn't everyone's fault but my own and my wife had left me meaning like she did something not me i didn't drive her away with my addiction you know i didn't get i didn't lose my scholarship they took my scholarship you know it was always it got god abandoned it was someone else's fault and i've said this a lot but um it's important for me to sh to hear myself say that a lot because uh this disease is baffling and cunning and tricky and it'll wait out we hear it'll wait in the other room, and I've heard people say it's doing push-ups in the other room waiting for you to, to get prideful again. And uh, that's so true. I've seen, um, I didn't, I, I, at the, in the beginning of my walk with recovery, I didn't know if I'd make it. I didn't know if I really wanted it. I just knew that my life was unmanageable and that something had to change. And so, you know, once I, once I gained that glimpse of reality that I probably was an addict, like everyone in the room at the time, had been saying that they were I started relating to their stories and identifying you know that's how the process started for me I started listening to people I'm like whoa I I came in the room judging everyone and then all of a sudden I'm like whoa I identify with that I'm thinking these things in my head while I'm like outside I look like this you know like I don't care but really on the inside I'm like oh <laughs> that story is a lot like me you know like I've done something very similar I felt that way and uh oh I've questioned God in that way or I used to be this or that and so all of a sudden, slowly the boundaries came down, and uh, slowly I started to realize that that maybe I was an addict, and maybe my life uh, was a disaster because of myself and my own actions. And uh, that was the beginning of humility for me. And um, here, here I am, fifteen. You know, what is it? Uh, you know, four four years and one month later, still trying to. Uh, to obtain humility and keep it and uh i'm grateful i'm grateful that these steps don't you just don't do all 12 and you never show up again because i'd have been done if i went for 12 weeks in a row as amazing as a uh, that can do for you in your life if you came consistently for 12 weeks and listened and paid attention did the 12 steps if you were to not if i were to not show up that following step one man my life would be in shambles i'd still be using if not even alive like i probably wouldn't even be alive and uh, I've seen other people in just four years come up, show up, get sober, relapse because of their pride or whatever it is, and then they never show up again. We never see them, you know, and then they'll show up maybe three, four years later or a year later and uh, their life's still in shambles or, you know, they're ready to be humble again. The point is, is that humility is not a destination. I think it's something that we obtain daily. Um, and uh, I obtain it best when I start my morning off. <clears throat> with a prayer and I get on my knees and I surrender and I've heard that said before and I've been really good at doing it and I just started doing it again over the last four months and surprisingly when I when I tell you it's like clockwork when I hit my knees in the morning even if it's like even if it's a rote prayer 
and I thank Heavenly Father. Even if it's a very like same thing I said the day before, thank you. You know, I surrender my heart, my mind, and my will to Thee. Help me to you know surrender to my disease, that type of thing. Even if I just say that and go about my day, I'm so much more humble with those around me in all aspects, not just in recovery, just like with life, like with people, with my situation, with my kids, with my wife, with my, with my thoughts and um, with Heavenly Father's promptings. And then of course, if I go in more in depth with it, then of course my humility is stronger that day. And uh, it allows me to not be a reactor. My life, I was such a reactor to life. Like it would just, it would happen and I would react. And you did something to me, so that's why I screamed at you. And you know, that's why I did this. And this is why I did that. And um, but after a while, you start to realize that like, if you're the common denominator in all the problems in your life, then it's probably not everyone that's on the top half. It's probably you. And uh, um, I did learn something in math. That was a good analogy. Anyways, uh, I heard something last Thursday or a couple Thursdays ago from, from James down on the Thursday night meeting. He said, pride perverts, humility converts. I think that's a good thing if you think about that. Pride perverts, and you think about what perversion is. If you think about that word, it's not a clean word in your mind. If you're like me, uh, that doesn't bring back good memories when I think about perverts or perverts. Um, that's that's a, it's a lot of nasty things that go with that, and that's what your pride brings you. That's what my pride bring bring me. It got me to do things I would never have done before I started using opiates, um, stealing, lying, and cheating, and doing all sorts of stuff uh, I would have never done. And so it, it perverted that testimony that I had just joined the church and I went on my mission and three years into my membership of the church I became addicted to opiates on my mission and uh, that precious uh, blessing that I had been given of humility and of just like being able to follow the rules for the first time in my life was gone like it was like pride perverted that and uh, I became very prideful with God and I became prideful with my church leaders that I loved you know my local leaders and people that had um, helped me convert and helped me join the church. And um, I'm just grateful I have a second chance. And I wrote a thing on Instagram today because I just, I just feel it once a day now. I feel like I just, I'm sitting there and whatever I'm dealing with that day, and sometimes it's not the best. Sometimes it's a lot of fear with you know the future and try to get my mind out of the past and be in the present. When I hit the present, when I, like, when I sink in to where I'm at and how grateful I am for what I have, then I can't help but think of Heavenly Father and how much He's given me. And my second chance, which is really not my second chance, it's like my hundredth chance, you know, but it's like, I just want to live for my family and for him. And if I live for him, then I live for all of you. And then I live for him, then I'll live for my wife and kids. You know what I mean? Because if I, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And his greatest commandment is to love everyone like he loved us. And that's service. And that just goes into so many things. So this is a great step. And, um, it's all right if we're not humble at this very moment, but um, hopefully we take something that we think that, that comes to our mind that we identify with tonight and uh, we actually go home and try to apply it. It doesn't, it doesn't work if we just listen to it. If I just listen to it and go, oh, that was cool, that felt good. And then I go the next day about my, you know, take it to your prayers. Take it, ask Heavenly Father to help you specifically with whatever it is that you're listening to. I'm only sober today because I took other people's truth and other people's experiences and other people's testimony and applied it to my own life. Um, I know that for sure, and uh, I'm grateful you guys are here, and I'm grateful to just share sobriety with all of you and recovery and all the good and the bad, because uh, it's it's a it's a it's a road like this. But once again, pride perverts, humility converts, and I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm.
Beautiful share, Jay. Beautiful share. Uh, step seven, humility. Is this a hard one for you? Oh, what do you mean by that? You are a very confident man. I'm a very prideful man. Let's say it like it is. Can you be have humility and prideful pride same time? Um, I think you can in different areas. Like obviously not in the same. Like if you're talking about pride in a, can you have pride and humility in one aspect of your life? Meaning like in addiction? No. But can you have? Can you be? Can you have humility about, say, reading the scriptures and, like, doing those types of commandments and then pride towards calling your sponsor and stuff? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, you can be good in one area of your life, have a lot of humility. Yeah. Like, going to church, wearing white shirts, ties, doing the whole gig and and not watch maybe radio, whatever it is. Like, someone may be good in one section of their life, but the other section, they have a lot of, right? They hold on to their special sins. Yeah. So, if that makes sense. So It's that, interesting, yeah. I had a... Like you, you overcompensate in some areas of being super righteous in some, uh, maybe to compensate for others that you weren't. Yeah. So like I, uh, <clears throat> I was, uh, when I first came, like I said, uh, I, w- I had a lot of pride and I had a lot of ego. My wife had just left me. I had just, uh, had nothing but debt now. And, uh, and, and I was running out of pills and it was like, I had to make a decision if I was going to keep using or not. Cause if I was going to keep using, I didn't have school insurance anymore through, B- through BYU. So, like, how was I going to get... Then it get real expensive. Uh, yeah, yeah. It would get really expensive. Plus, now I'm back in Orange County where it's really expensive. Now, by the way, through my drug use, they are starting to implement these laws and stuff where you're going to get caught for doctor shopping, which I did uh. a couple of times. So, I was going to get real hard real quick to get drugs. And so... Um, Dude, what, I don't know where I'm going with that, but I had a lot well, of pride when I first walked into the meetings. Y- you talk about the, the fact it was all that, fault. that uh, there was a point in your life when in this addiction period that you'd like, I'm never going to be sober again. Yes. You're always going to be taking some substance. Yeah. So, okay. And, and, and this step is about, yeah. key principle, humbly asking the Father to move your shortcomings. Yeah. Was that a shortcoming you thought of? Like, I have to take something? Like Yeah, well, I think I didn't. I, I hear a lot of people I talk. So, obviously, when you have this be your role in life, you get a lot of people talk. What do you talk, mean? What role in life? Like, I'm saying being in recovery. Like, okay. being open, right? I okay. talk to a lot of members and non-members about their drug use. Like, and it's interesting. You hear people say, well, I can dibble. And I, they say the same things. But are they more honest with you because yeah, of your back sure. than That's they what would I'm be saying. to me? Yeah, okay. for sure. Okay. Because, like, I'll just be in that... Uh, maybe intimate situation with them where I'm talking about my life. So they're like, well, yeah, dude, I remember that one time I, you know, I broke my arm and I had some leftover Viking and I took them later that year when I had a whatever stubbed ankle or toe or whatever. And I'm like, I remember, dude, I used to love that feeling and blah. And then like, they basically describe how it was for me for years. Like people don't realize like I didn't just dabbling. I didn't just wake up and start struggling down Five hundred pills a day, like you know, that's not because like that's my what life. that's the shocker you talk about is the five hundred pills. But yeah, it like, was it was years it, of it was years of taking them whenever they were around. Okay, like uh, we go snowboarding to Big Bear on a singles war trip with the church, and like I hurt my knee and got a bunch of 
Percocet, believe it or not, from the ER, which it wasn't even broken or anything, but it was really swollen. But still, they gave me Percocet. And that was not even me drug-seeking at the yeah, time. Yeah. I didn't look at – I didn't even know what Percocet was. I just knew that they had prescribed me a pain pill. And it felt good. And, and it felt good. And I remember, like, just giving them out to my friends there. And, and they – like, hardcore LDS dudes. Like, like guys that – they were like sore from snowboarding, so we're like, oh, let's just take them. Well, how, listen to this funny story. Yeah. So, uh, I don't think this buddy listens to the podcast, but I don't think he cares. But he <laughs> just got back from a surf trip uh, uh, to the Maldives. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, how's that flight? It's like 24 hours. He's like, wow, like there's all these dentists on the plane, and they just handed me a bunch of pills. And I don't even remember. That was me, like, man. I, My mommy I'm like, you just took or... these pills? And he's like, yeah, I don't even know what they were. But he's like... He literally got off the plane in Sydney, got back. These are all LDS guys that he went with. Dude, every time I flew, man, with someone, they'd give me something. You can always find someone that gives you a Xanax or gives you a Benza. Like and, a Benza and as or, members, we think, like, you know, I'm never going to drink a beer or a wine or something on the plane, pill, but I'll top this pill. Because it's like, well, it's like same, it's not alcohol. Like same it, thing. And it's prescribed right? to someone, and it's like it's an aspirin. But see, here's the thing. The psychology for Mormons, not uh, non-Mormons, is hard because alcohol is accepted, right? Yeah, they, for, they would think that's worse of taking a hard pill. Yeah, most non-members drug, would they would just the take pill, a drink. Yeah, they would yeah. just have a drink, right? So yeah. it's interesting how it switches. But to the member, it's like it's no different than the Advil. How do you, in our mind, psychologically, a pill is a pill, so they're both in a bottle, mm-hmm. right? One And one's legal and one's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like versus like uh, – the alcohol we look at as just so negative, or like we were saying earlier, coffee and this. But like to to a to a non-member, most of those people will not just pop Vicodin, you know, or yeah, not pipe a muscle relaxer just because someone handed it to them on a flight. But we will. Oh man, just give me whatever you you know. Not all members, but that's how I was. So I dibbled but, and but, dabbled but, for years. But that's I guess the voice of warning is that dibble and dabbling for years is. Dibbling and dabbling. It's yeah, like I was talking to someone the other day, and I was trying to tell him, he's telling me, like, someone that he just randomly met gave him a bunch of different types of pills. And I was like, hey, man, like, I know you think that, like, you're just, you got it under control, but I thought I did for, and I did for years, dude. Like, I Your got, wife joked about it tonight in the meeting about how when you came in and you're like, I'm not an addict. And she was like, I find that funny. And you yeah. guys kind of both laughed about that. Because but but you were taking 500 pills a day. Well, not or, yeah, I was a month like four, or whatever. Yeah, whatever, a month, but. But because at the end it became out of control, like it got to a point, like we've said, like I was, there was no, my solution became my problem. My solution was these pills every now and then to make me feel good. Then it became every day to make me feel good. Then it became just to not feel sick. Like, because then you start feeling sick every minute. Brad, like just imagine every minute that something wore off like okay you you like a good caffeine caffeinated drink right like imagine, right, uh, right okay right yeah, but let's say it's nothing wrong like let's just say yeah. you had a uh, uh, whatever drink that had a little bit of caffeine uh, like a dr pepper yerba mate yerba mate okay imagine right when that wore off not only did you not you get you know you start to get a little bit more tired but imagine yeah. now you're not you getting tired sick. you're getting sick yeah imagine the minute it wore off dope sick isn't that the word yeah 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 it's horrible man i mean i got to the point where uh, like I still was being proud. I was saying I wasn't an addict, but yet at the same time I was freaking th- like, I'm, I'm talking like I couldn't function sick. Like sick, even people that, bed, uh, we have a friend that talked about having surgery and he had to like go through withdrawals. My grandma told me that she's yeah. 80 something years old and she had her withdrawals surgery pretty recently. And now she, she told me afterwards, she's like, I get what you're saying now. Like just getting off. I read something the other day, if 15 days or longer on an opiate pill or seven days. Some something certain amount of days. It's like a short period. It's not thirty days. It's like a short period of time mm-hmm. on a pain pill. 
you have you're like seventeen physical times withdrawal. Like you're physically you physical withdrawal. Yeah, yeah, physically and withdrawal. then if you had some emotional pain as well, then that comes in. Yeah, like it, it and, and and if there's a euphoric high that has, that's the thing. Is like you know if you're listening to this, be honest with yourself. When you take a prescription drug or when you take a you know drink or whatever, do you have a euphoric high? For you, maybe it's caffeine. Caffeine does the same thing for me. It can give me a euphoric high for sure. Like it, and mm-hmm. I have to be honest with myself with my level. Like I, that's why I got off the pre-workout. It's not because I thought that was a sin. It was because I was being honest with who I was, and that that was getting. I know dudes in recovery that don't take any caffeine. They have no energy drinks, nothing, no they, free workout because it's a trigger for my other. sponsors that way. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because it triggers. Do you uh, and and we have people all the time come in and use these steps for non-substance related addictions. Non-traditional I mean, substance. Non-traditional right. substance. I mean, how addictive is social media? How addictive I've, is... You've seen me in, in the how many years? Like, you've seen me get off it three or four times. Yeah. Uh, it takes a level of honesty to, like, admit, like, okay, like, this it, is not helping Almost me. every week I have some... We have... We just had one recently. We just have... Every, there's someone yeah. that's, like, does that, hey, this is my farewell, I'm taking a break. And it's, like, good for and, them. They always get a lot of flack, but I'm like, no, nah, it's good. No, it's good, it's but good. but they're very honest with it. They're like, dude, this is, like, the jealousy that comes up, the we constant checking. We the Lexi's always reading some article on, like, yeah. social media, like, a wife that, like, is being feels bad like it's just weird how it works it makes you feel anyways but there's a lot of things that can make you feel that way and i do want to talk about like the pride you talk about like pride for a long time when let when drugs started getting bad with me um when it started becoming consistent i tried to quit several times like i had started this cycle now of being on for about four months lexi saying i have had enough my wife and then i'd quit and then a couple days into sobriety, after I'd go through the de- detox or withdrawals a couple weeks, then I my my pride, my humility. When you're in detox, you're humble. You're super up because you're, you're sick. Just, you're destroyed. You're... Yeah, you're like, I'm an idiot. I'm sick. I'm gross. This I'm is, never doing this again. Never doing this again. Gosh, give me a blessing, Bishop. And then you feel the blessing and you're like, oh, I'm never doing this again. And then your pride comes back. The pride cycle comes back because I didn't have solution. I wasn't going to a meeting. I didn't have a sponsor. I didn't have steps. So when life would appear again, meaning like I, all of a sudden I'd be – okay again i didn't really know how to deal with my whatever i my i was taking that for a solution i was taking yeah. certain pills to get up i was taking pills to go down i was taking pills to feel mellow i was taking so when i didn't feel those feelings you, I, you, you talk know. about that a lot is like you have a solution the toolbox to yeah. deal with these things and that's yeah. what these steps helped you the gospel saved my life of course at 18 and it gave me a it gave me the knowledge of where i came from why i'm here where i'm going but i didn't know how to deal with stress i didn't know how to deal with challenging events because I had always was able to quit, you know, and uh, I didn't know how to do a lot of things. I didn't know how to really function like a normal 18, 20 year old at that point, 21 year old, like I, which I think is more common now than not, but unfortunately, but uh, you know, with these safe spaces everywhere, but like, you know, a lot of us don't know how to like really like deal with stress or deal with people having bad opinion, you know, which didn't want to deal with anything negative. And so I would just turn to, well, part of it, some, I mean, that's, uh, you know, as a parent, you realize that you, you have to see your kids suffer sometimes, scrape their knee, burn themselves on a hot cookie sheet sometimes. To look at them and go, I told you. Yeah. Are you willing to but, listen But now? if you take away all those things where they never even get near yeah. danger. They'll never listen. They never listen. So it's, it's. A, I know Heavenly Father is just sitting back and going like, all right, are you ready? Like, that's what I've always said to people is that. Uh, heavenly, I don't think heavenly. I know it's common that he gives us challenges, and I know he does. I know he gives us weaknesses, but I, I do think it's more so he's just he can turn any challenge you give yourself 
any mess up you he can make it all right like he's the guy that or he the guy he's like the being that he's all powerful he's the man he's the man but he's there to make anything you do that's bad in your life right and a strength we have this scripture right make yeah. weak things become strong that the, Which, yeah, but but it says if you remain humble, right? Bingo. Yes. So it's like if you that, humble yourselves, he'll me, show you those weaknesses and remain, you know, and then remain faithful. Like meaning, like you don't lose that humility. So many people, including my family members, loved ones, and friends, have had a traumatic thing happen. They, you know, there something happens with some their addiction is causing a a manageability in their life. Mm-hmm. So incident, drug driving, accident, breaking the law, whatever, ticket, jail. But then in the beginning, oh, I'm going to stop. But then as weeks go on, it's it, like I said, the further you get away from the incident that like kind of gave you a reality check, then that's where the pride seems to hook in and go, I can have a drink. I can have a smoke. I can take this pill. I can do this. I can do that because I don't have a problem. Food addiction is the same thing. I've seen food addicts get, you know, do the same thing. Same cycle. So, same cycle. So do you. This, the pride cycle is what we're specifically talking about here. Okay. Because like, the, the step is humility. But reality is like, right? And we're honest, humility. But like the opposite is pride, and that's your biggest. That's your. That's that's your enemy to your the step. What's that? You use a phrase about being um, uh, something about being super super confident, but an inferiority complex with a. What is that? Uh, it's a. There's a saying I heard from someone. I'm a. Um, e- ego ego ma- maniac with an inferiority complex. Explain that. So like I'm egotistic. So basically like I'm allowed to say whatever I need to say to you or do <laughs> you know what I mean? But you can't tell me how it is like, because then I'll cry about it. That's how I look at it. It's like I'm a big baby. Like, you know, but I'm a big baby that knows everything. But like I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say it straight. I'm, I'm going to say how it is. You like it is. And I could still be this way. Like I'm, uh, this is just because I'm sober doesn't mean I can't be that way. <laughs> like, I could still be the guy that like will call it out. And then when you call me out, it may take me a couple of days to like stop crying. Go, OK, maybe there's truth in there. We're just we're just. But see, that's humility to I, admit that. Yeah, but I. But, but it, it took time. Like it took. Like if you're. Do you have to recognize this, that. Like now, do you feel that triggering off, and you're like, yeah, "Whoa, I got to put that sure, in check." For sure. But it takes me. It, you know, the time period is a lot quicker. It used to take weeks and months or years, and you know, now it takes. It can be within the same day. That like in the beginning of the day, I felt one way, but by the time I go to bed, I go, "Okay, like yeah, that happened, or so and so did this to me, or said this to me." But you know what? The way I reacted was a joke. Like that's like that's not acceptable for someone to act that way. I have which a, is maybe normal, like how normal people think in the moment. But I'm not, you know. Yeah. That's how I have to. I just but have think to of this statement because I, I've I've known quite a few addicts over the years, and I've seen people get become addicts from uh, from not being not addict, you know, to yeah, yeah, jump yeah. jumping that fence. Yeah. And and you know, hundreds of people in the last couple of years here. I my personal theory is these people like yourself have so much talent, so much going for you that I think adversary works extra hard on you because if he can squelch your talents and your ability to connect, man, he's one. Yeah. Like the, the, the milk toast person, the oh, Honda yeah. civics of the world, you know, he's going to back off. He's going to spend his time getting the Maseratis to crash. Totally. And cause you know, no, I know. Cause like the, I, the I, charisma, I, the most charismatic people almost are attracted to that that drug or that pornography or whatever it is, yeah. and then then they feel nothing. 
Yeah. But then yet well, it makes you, us actually what we do. We actually feel bad. Like you, you feel, feel so really, bad that you're going to isolate yourself and then, then totally hide your, we don't hide your talents. Anyone. We don't talk to anyone. Like we, I, I literally felt this way. Like we have a new sponsee that I started sponsoring. Right. And this guy reached out and I'm like, I really realized this last week because I had four new people out of nowhere, which is good. I need people to sponsor because people have gone through the steps now. It's time to find some new ones. And the Lord put like four or five people all at once, and it got a little overbearing. At, uh, at first, I got a little nervous, like, oh, my gosh. I got five people, seven, eight people right now sponsoring. Wow. But like – and five of those are like – they're actively early. Like early in recovery, so they need a lot, which is good. And I need a lot, obviously. That's why the Lord's doing it. But at first, I got a little nervous, but then I realized like – Wow, I have a, like, I don't remember who I was talking to, one of them, but I just remembered that, like, he said to me, and this was during, I was having a, personally, on a bad day. So, personally, I woke up on the wrong side, and I was having a hard day, and just dealing with my life, and my challenges, and this person said to me, who's way older than me, who's done a lot in his life, and career, and but also is an addict just like me, but he said, you know, every time I talk to you, you make me feel, he started laughing, kind of like it, and I was just telling him whatever I was relating to him. Just trying to relate, right? Just I, that's what I want to do is just try to help everyone feel like okay, you know, and that. But as long as you're working, it'll be okay. And he's just like, man, every time I talk, he's like, it's just funny. You're just you make you call me out, but yet at the same time, you make me feel really okay with it, like in, and something like that. And you make me feel better every time I talk to you. And I'm like, that was a comment that like I I, I needed to hear at that very moment. And uh, like you said, what I'm trying to say is like, yeah, I think we all have talents, those of us that are acts, but. Um, this disease makes us feel so guilty because it's a voice in our head that's in our own voice. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's you're not hearing, an external you're he- voice. You're hearing your own voice, own voice beat you up. Te- yeah, either beat me up or tell me it's okay oh, to do something. Okay. Whatever stage, right? Like, or, or yeah. And then, and then or, you, you know, you get sober, like, where I'm at now, and I'm sober. I don't talk, I don't think about drugs, but I do react all the time crazy, like, sometimes, you know? Like, if I don't get my way, then I can have that inferiority where I freak out, and then... I hear my voice, bat- and now I'm battling my own voice saying I'm right. You know, so it's just different layers, right? Different it's levels. interesting that you hear your own voice as opposed to other people's voices because your own voice to yourself is even more powerful. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's great. What do you tell yourself? It's, it's a trip, man, but I, I, feel, I feel extremely blessed to be doing this podcast because, you know, just talking about just talking about all this stuff, like I, I, I didn't even want to come to me. I was feeling sick. I feel like I'm getting a cold kind of, and... But, you know, it's amazing. The minute I walked in the meeting, my symptoms had left. Like, you know, like I really, I don't know, I didn't even pray to feel better, but I just, I'm, I think. I saw your countenance change. Yeah, I just feel like, I feel like uh, there's, the spirit is so powerful in these rooms and in these meetings. And when we're doing this podcast that uh, it's definitely bigger than me. And that's what, as an addict, I need to, I'm, I like, my, my, uh, my. uh, The lock up. Yep. My uh, my so my solution is uh, um, that's how late we are. They're trying to lock up yeah. the studio. Yeah. But uh, my my what I was saying is is like my I need as an addict as an addict in recovery. I need to feel that plugged into something bigger than me. That's why group meetings work. That's why this podcast has helped me personally, and obviously hopefully helping other people. But I feel like. I've realized that lately is uh, the normal, like for, for not everyone's gonna, it's a, uh, it's hard for me to connect with non-acts because like in the sense where I explain this, what I just said, because they're like, well, I don't get that. Like they're okay with the eight to five, come home, move with their family, do their hobbies and they're like, they're satisfied. 
I can live in my hobbies. I can have a great nine to five. I can have great family and kids and that's not enough. Like I feel empty still. Like and it's only when I'm like plugging into this like spiritual scent, like the spiritual. That's why I always go back to that analogy of, like uh, there's some of us that are the Honda Civics, Toyota Corollas, like low maintenance, spiritually low maintenance. Yeah. And there's others that are spiritually high maintenance. That, but they're perform at a much higher level as well. And it's interesting though, like I never even think about what I just said until it hit me and I agree with it you, because you've said that to me so many times and I feel like- I do believe that. I, like I, because I, I just kind of realize that right now, like I feel, I feel sick. Like the only, the, the times where I can think in the last four years of being sober, where I thrived the most in my feelings, like actually felt like I was in the right place at the right time was in this, whenever I'm working this program, like, you know what I mean? like. And I surf a lot. I do a lot of fun things, and they're great. But it doesn't last. When I when we do this stuff, I go home just like I, you know. We should do this in the morning. We'll have way more energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. At midnight. Right, right. We do this tough. so late. Like I, sometimes I go home and I can't go to bed, man. And I'm like, I'm like, I need to wake up to go surf tomorrow morning, like or whatever. And uh, I need to be plugged in. Like I know. And I, if you're listening, I promise you. Like I say this all the time. Your your recovery is not. I said this tonight. You know. Um, in our in our local meeting is that your recovery is just not for you, man. I would have never finished these steps if I didn't have my first guy call me um, to do step work with. You know, he asked me to be a sponsor and I hadn't finished the steps yet. So I, I had a year sober. So I said yes. But then I got with my I got with my sponsor and got him done. So. All yeah. right. Well, let's end it there. I'm going to go home and watch stay up three in the morning watching the uh, WSL Margaret River. Kelly Slater won his heat. Kolohe won his heat. All right. Jack Freestone won his heat. Jordy won his heat. This is all Brad's only sport. Yeah, it's true. It was surfing. So <laughs> mine's more MMA. Like, I surf, but, like, my sport is MMA. His is surfing, yeah. which is awesome. I don't even know about any yeah, ball we sport. Yeah, we both suck at board sport, or, like, any ball sport or any other. <laughs> Ping pong, sport. I'll take you on. Yeah. Oh, no, he's he's good. I'm sure he'd be good at any sport, but no, we I'm don't not. know anything about sports. <laughs> <If> we were, <laughs> like, we're not going to relate to you by telling you the baseball game. Like, we're not, we don't know what you're talking about. Tune into another who? podcast on uh, other sports. Yeah, well, maybe we'll interview the another addict. But if you're listening, I think to wrap this up, humility is uh, is important. It's something that we work at. We're not going to perfect. So don't don't beat yourself up if you were prideful today. Just analyze why you were prideful and then reach out and make some amends. That always works for me. Because step seven is considered the action, one of the action steps still. So this yeah. is one that takes action. It's, yeah. it's, it's one you refer back to a lot. I read it and I loved it the first time. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Because it talks about like you've, you're through some of the tough parts, but you still, have, you're still, you still need some more. You still need more. Well, you're asking for Heavenly Father to remove those shortcomings that you've you've uncovered in the previous steps. Yeah. So, but that that's a lot of work to get to that point. But oh, then yeah. you you get some relief, and then you realize. But Wait, Heavenly man. Father will remove those shortcomings. For sh- like He will make those weak things become strong. And if you if you're not sure. going to meetings, that's one of the reasons you go to meetings, so you can see recovery in action, and see the miracles and the help that these people are doing that have. Months and years and so decades. So how many chips do we get tonight? Five. Uh, at least five the newcomers. Yeah, like plus newcomer chips. Plus newcomers. It's like if you're still suffering your weakness and you're sitting here listening to this and go, "Well, I'm different. I'm I'm not." Well, it's like Brad said. Well, it's probably because you're not going to meetings. Like, just I promise you this: it won't get better. I told someone this the other day. Called me because of our Facebook, right? And if he's listening, I, I hope he's listening. I was, I'm not going to say his name, but I hope he's listening. Because I told him one thing. I said, we can have conversations and we can relate and it'll be awesome. And you can watch the videos on LDS.org and that's awesome. 
But reality is if you don't get it, go to a meeting, do these steps and get a sponsor, I promise you we will have this conversation again and your life will not be as good as where it is today. It'll get worse is what I was telling him. I'm going to close the surfing analogy. Boom. You go out to a big day at the beach. <laughs> we remember on our last yeah. year surf trip, the waves yeah. were massive. Yeah. And we were all standing on the beach like, can we make it out? Can we even make it out? And then that Brazil, uh, Argentinian guy grabbed his board, started paddling out. And as soon as we saw that there was hope of making it out, we then we grabbed, and the other people didn't. They're like, nah, they didn't even try. That's true. We were in two There's, full car loads. Yeah, like, like half people. the crew didn't even try. Um, but you were actually the only people that made it all the way out. You and I did? Well, but the hope was because someone ventured first. For sure. For and sure. some of you are, are leaders and will venture out, but there are leaders in those meetings. If you go, they're there. They're there. There's someone there waiting for someone like you to walk in to help. They're there and watch. They've pat. They've done the long. They've done the duck dives. They've done the big paddle outs. If you have know what that means, <laughs> they'll help you. And the, even if they're halfway out, I mean, that guy didn't make it out, but just the fact that he was trying gave us. He actually got wrecked. He <laughs> but did, he, but yeah. he, but the point is, is the we fact went that out he and he waxed up and started paddling out got us like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And this guy was literally 120 pounds. <laughs> he was very very <laughs> thin. Frail. He hadn't probably eaten. <laughs> Working his way from... <laughs> yeah, they drove from Argentina all, all the way up. up to Mexico, and then they were going to go to Cabo. Yeah, and driving, and they're living, living in a truck. truck. Living in a truck. So this guy was starving. And if he paddled out in 15 he, foot... He looked well, like he had barely any body fat, but he surfed really good. He did. He was good. But the point, that was a great analogy. So yeah, go, do what Brad said, man. Go to a meeting, reach out. Don't just listen to this podcast and call it good, man. The reason why we're doing this is so you guys will do what you need to do. So it'll help motivate. And continue to share it with your friends. Post Please it on do. your social media. Let your meetings know. If it's helpful to you, maybe you'll find helpful to them, spouse, whatever. Just if you think it's cool that I broke it, anonymity, maybe do it for yourself when you're ready because maybe it'll help someone. Personal challenge there. Boom. All right. This is Brad. I'm Jam an Addict. Boy,
Give him shelter in the hollow of thy